0: Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturbin. It was a gray afternoon. Rain was beginning to fall slightly. I love those days. I'd called a friend. I told you. I didn't know the date until... Yesterday when I felt the Holy Spirit speak to my heart and say, journal this path. So I dug into my Verizon records and found the 48-minute phone call. And it was at the end of that, I've, I've talked to you about it. If you're here for the first time, welcome. I'll try to fill in the blanks and cracks from what I've shared in some of in previous weeks. I was talking, called this man... He's a precious spiritual man, happens to be a biblical scholar as well, Hebrew language and Old Testament. And I was pouring out my heart to him about my concern that we're preaching a half of a gospel in culture today. We preach love, but not holy. And love meets us where we are, but holy takes us where we need to go. And, and see, when I say holy, please listen. When you say the word, it's still the most difficult word to try and grab. There's several reasons. First of all, the word itself and what it describes is intended to be always beyond or more. Several weeks ago when I read an introduction to a worship book I'm writing, you heard me using the phrase, holy more. You know what I'm talking about, Randy? Holy more. It's more. It's always out. It's more. God will always be more. Holy more. God's always more than you need, more than you want. You say, I can't be more than I want. Yes, he is. He's always more. That word holy. You see, in culture, the word holy suggests religious piety. The way it's used. And and then it has creeped over into the church. And holy, beloved, may become sort of expression of behavior. But it doesn't start at religious piety. And I'm holy and I walk slightly above the ground because I'm so religious. You know, whatever we've lost, we've lost. Holy is the very essence of all of the is-ness of God. Hear me please. For the hundreds of times I've said this, and it sounds cosmic. God lives outside of time and space and matter. He doesn't make, he's not made. He is holy. Please hear me. Holy transforms, and make no mistake, hear every word I'm about to say. We believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. All three are holy. Get everybody? They, equal and holy. Not, one is not more essential or holy than the other. But when God moves upon the writers of Scripture to articulate the persons and members, if you will, of the Trinity—a good way to describe it—he designates the Spirit of God uniquely in His function as holy. See, the Spirit of God's the Holy God speaks at creation, and the Spirit moved and did it. Jesus reminds us before he leaves in John 16 that nothing's changed. He says the Spirit of God doesn't speak anything on his own initiative. What he hears from the throne, he does. Still that. Do you get it that the Holy Spirit living in you has one goal? That's the continuing journey of making you whole. Your mind, your brokenness, your heart, your home, your marriage, whole whole that is why in 2 Corinthians 3 the work of the Holy Spirit is to transform how from whole to whole to whole to whole to whole to whole yes. in that march nineteenth prayer at the end of the prayer I asked him to pray for me. He said Father Tom wants to know holy let him know, show him. I'm sharing something very sacred. I said last week there were moments I almost want to turn the cameras off or whatever because it's, it's so intimate, and I'm risking sharing this. Um, enough okay, for the last three months, he's in there really these weird things so I, I, I seems I can't stop crying I talk to people about the word of God and I begin to weep in restaurants everywhere airports everywhere outside a restaurant you know servers come up and just just doing things I haven't it's like I don't care it's not I take that back it's not that I don't care I care it's Just it happens, and so I'm you know got this thing going on back here. Okay, am I like losing my mind here or something? Tears in the last 90 days, I've I've, I've encountered individuals and spoken perhaps more directly and directively than I've ever spoken. Risky, you know, just sort of like in your face, but it's always with oh, tears and slobbering and stuff. And, and I got to have handkerchiefs and Kleenex towels. You know, I got to have stuff around all the time. Man. Um, let him know holy. I could pick a couple of spots. May 7th, 2.30 or 3 in the afternoon about. I'm in this. That's now, you can figure well past March 19th. We're through April, past Easter. May 7th is the Friday before the first Friday fire. I'm, I'm in my little office in a study and I'm studying. I'm I'm starting to talk to God about holy. And my habit, I didn't know that was a habit. I discovered recently when I'm studying scripture and I'm bumping up against something I think God's pulling me towards and I can't get it. Can everybody hear me back there? Okay. Um, I have a keyboard right there. So I'll just turn and I'll, I'll just sing words, words I'm studying. It's not a song to him, but I've done a thousand. I'm just singing the thoughts on Lord, tell me about holy. I'm Just making stuff up. Because there's something in the transaction of a song between two worlds in worship we study here that prose and prayer doesn't encapsulate. It's not that one's better than the other, it's different. Try it. You say, I don't sing well, it doesn't make any difference. You don't have to sing well. Just turn and offer melody from your heart to the Lord, as Ephesians says. So, in that moment, all of a sudden, what I believe to be God is in this room, this sense of his presence. These types of encounters I've had in my life previously, and I'm not young, I'm 64. Typically, they last maybe minutes. If I were to guess three, six, seven, I would guess 10 or 12 at the most. And I've always, and I haven't had a bunch of them, maybe five or six, but. But this went on for three hours. And I had one thing that was recurring over and over. It was just sort of image and picture. I wasn't transported anywhere. I'm not rewriting Isaiah or the book of John about Revelation but this little flashing sort of watercolor image type thing of what I believe to be a, a representation of God that I was just seeing in my head. And it was a white robe and a belt. I didn't see John's burnished feet and glowing eyes and white hair of wool, you know, none of that. I just knew it to be God. You know what I'm saying, Don? He was there. And the posture was like this. These are weird things happening to me. I'm going to tell you this. If you're thinking it's weird, I'm already out ahead of it. And there was a little smile on his face. And it went on for three and a half hours. And every time... It it like... Lift his hand up and go like that. Sort of like some little Harry Potter gesture or something. Like Pixie. I don't know what happened. But every time his hand went like that... There was this flash... Across the tapestry of scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Putting things together. I would never seen And for three hours... I had my hands over my face like this. I was laughing and crying at the same time. I thought, okay, I need to be put somewhere for 72 hours under review or something. And all I can say, watch, I didn't even have any good words. I wasn't saying, Bless your name, hallelujah, praise be to your name. Thank you, most high God. Here was for three hours, seriously. You can ask my wife, she's walking around. I stopped her and said, I'm not having a nervous breakdown. She said, I know. I had my hands over my face going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I even stopped and told God, I said, I'm sorry, I don't have better words. It was just over, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I know it lasted that long because I had to get ready to come here at seven and it was after six and it was all the way through my shower, out and driving here. I mean, it just didn't stop. I thought, you know, I've made the jokes through the years about Pentecostal, this and that, and people say it's an uncontrollable moment when the Spirit grabs you. And I said, I've always wondered why, when people say they can't control it, why there's not a place on a uniform accident report where someone's driving down the road and the Holy Spirit grabs them and they run off the road, and the officer pulls up and says, "What happened? To the Holy Spirit, you know." And so I've never believed it. You know, get my point. But I'm thinking on the way there, I'm going to be the first person to have an accident. I'm. I'm clearing tears out of my eyes, trying to get to the church. And really, I'm having this, I'm laughing about stuff. But what the funny thing was through that whole thing, this little smile, and Brenda asked me later that night, she says, can you encapsulate what you sensed? I said, I sensed his pleasure. His pleasure. I sensed his pleasure. We're adding something to our water baptism. So I I needed to find out where God was pleased. And there's two times with his son. point. We will change our water baptism. There's four things I say. We're adding a fifth. See, when Jesus come up out of the water, a voice. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. I'm praying for a baptism of the pleasure of God for people that are born again, Come up out of that water and say, Father, first and foremost, let them know you're pleased with them. Wash away the shame and the brokenness and the pain. Let them have a baptism of the pleasure of God. I like that. I don't know about you. Look at the person the next to you and say, you need that. Go ahead and tell them. Okay, I'm going to skip over stuff. All right. So Five o'clock. Friday, day before yesterday, 5 a.m., wide right awake. Laying in bed, and I'm saying to God, What's up with these tears? I'm just, I'm laying this, what is this about? And I really believe the Holy Spirit spoke back to me. You guys have been with me for 18 years. You know, this is, oh, okay, enough of the qualification. God, the Holy Spirit spoke back to me. I believed it to be the Holy Spirit. He said, Tom, you said you wanted to know holy. And my next response, what does that have to do with Holt's tears? And then I said, I'm still waiting for the revelation of holy. I need to understand the depth and distinction significance of Isaiah 6 when he was transported and saw in the unadulterated declaration unmitigated by any surrounding uh, other voices was holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of your glory. I'm waiting for a clear understanding 750 years later when John the Revelator would see it in what we know to be Revelation chapter 4. He says, holy holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I'm, I'm waiting for that. I'm telling you, I, had, I really said this stuff. And I said, that hasn't happened yet. And watch what happened back. The Holy Spirit, I believe, spoke to me and said, that's what holy is. I'm trying to show you what holy does. And my thing, then I said, well, what does that have to do with me crying and all these people that I'm telling about holy, and all I can do is cry? Then there was this image in my brain I got to show you. I got one more thing to tell you after this. Let me see. Um, I just need three chairs. This is the best I can do. I'm using three chairs. In that moment, 5 a.m. Please listen. The next snapshot I saw was an image instantly of what I believe to be Adam and Eve on the last day of Eden. Eden's here, the garden of the holy more of God. Eden is where the holy more of God is. They're leaving Eden. They walk outside whatever the boundary of Eden is. This was the flash in my, in my mind. And then they stop and they're outside the garden. And in that, that that introduction I read to you three weeks ago, I said, and so they abound in the garden of God. A flourishing garden of the holy more banished to the arid wasteland of less. You see, with God, you're always worth more. With deception, fear. And hiding, you've heard me preach it for 20 years. The three things they took from the garden that God never intended to be there in the first place. Deception, fear, and hiding. There is no problem on the face of the planet that is not fueled or catalyzed by that. There's no war, no divorce, no argument, fight, or conflict that is not fueled by deception. Remember how it happened? Deceived as to who I might be and how God might see me. Fearful, somebody will find out the deepest shame I hold and we hide from ourselves and one another. We do it in our marriages, our jobs, our talks, and we do it mostly on Facebook. I'll just leave that alone. 5 a.m., I see these two figures I believe to be Adam and Eve, but suddenly they're not Adam and Eve anymore. They're these 10 or 12 people I've been talking to, and he says, Tom, boy, I hope you get this. And I'm laying in bed at five o'clock and the tears start again. He said, I'm bringing you these people you've been calling to the possibilities of holy more. He says, why you're crying is because what you don't understand is when you're talking to them, I'm letting you see the idols they're kneeling in front of. They kneel in front of deception and the hiss of the serpent. They live in the grip of fear, bound by the voice of the accusing adversary that still comes in our life and we retreat we erase vulnerability and we hide from God from ourselves and from others but watch this the picture had the garden and the holy more of God right in the background right here God the holy available but they stopped short of holy and knelt here and the tears start happening. He said, I didn't write the words down. I did, it's in my journal. He said, I'm giving you a snapshot of what holy might be and could be in their life and what they're settling for to inform them of their worth. Watch. And every time we kneel here, we're worth less. Only there are we worth more. Amen. And we listen to all the wrong voices. Some time has passed. It's now 6:50, about 6.10 because I looked at it. My wife's asleep. What I'm about to tell you has never happened in 42 years of marriage. I walk around to her side of the bed still in the grip of holy and the tears 610, tap her on her left shoulder. Instantly, she sits up. I'd been having severe back pain. It was gone. She thought, I I guess. Why else would you wake a person up at 610? Certainly, something must be wrong. Sleeping peacefully, tap her on the shoulder. She wakes up and she reaches. She says, what? She starts to sit up. She says, what what are you? I said, yeah, 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 I'm fine. I said, lay back down. And She says, What? What's going on? If you think it's weird here, I said, I said, guess what? She says, What, baby? I said, I know what the tears are about. And she looks like, okay. She didn't say, can I go back to sleep? But that was all over her face. You know, you woke me up for that? I said, listen. Here's, and so I start telling her this and and she's there. I mean, precious, precious. You know, any new song I write, she hears that I wear her out. I mean, any sermon, thought, whatever. Seriously, she'll tell you. When something's from, I preach it to her before we get here. Ten times. She's really saved by the time she gets here. <laughs> same day. Same morning. I'm up and... Um, And I text Ricky Moore and I said, this is like the third time I've texted him. I said, I said, bro, we got to do something. Your prayer has evicted me from my life. I said, this whole holy thing. Okay, how can I skip to the close? I saw this and said, we run to the wrong place. And the Lord brought me back to Isaiah 8. Listen. You are not to say it's a conspiracy in regard to all this people call a conspiracy. You are not to fear what they fear or be in dread of it. It is the Lord of hosts who you regard as holy. Notice how fear and holy are connected. And you say, wait. In sort of a twisted way. He shall be your fear. Watch, he's saying holy fear. God's playing on this term. I wish I could talk to you more late. He shall be your dread. He's using the condition or the mindset. He's about to twist it for a very positive end. He says, if you fear anything, fear him. He shall become your sanctuary. The word sanctuary in that text, verse 14, Gabe, can you get it up there? Isaiah 8, verse 14. That word sanctuary is the identical Hebrew term holy. He shall be your holy. See, the problem is, is we get to, see, look here, look, 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 holy ultimately is the ultimate destination to tell me, a human, where wholeness is and how wholeness of the soul can be accessed through him who is holy. But the danger, the danger is, is we label other things holy. We label deception, Can. We're if we weren't convinced of it, we'd quit being deceived and kneeling at it. We'd quit rehearsing the things said by the Cub Scout leader. If you don't know what that blank is, it has to do with my being molested at eight and nine years old. We wouldn't kneel before that voice. We wouldn't let the deception deteriorate into fear and then hide. We wouldn't do that. But you see, we have replaced and made these holy. Everybody get what I'm saying? And so we came away in the fall with a principle because I was preaching up to the election and how Christians were picking up the, the language inside the church wasn't any different than the language outside the church and we should be different. And so here was our little takeaway. When I fear what they fear, their holy becomes my holy and their sanctuary becomes my sanctuary. But all throughout the Old Testament, the sanctuary was not only a place of presence, it was a place of safety. It's a sanctuary. You know, we even hear it used in culture, sanctuary in cities. And it picks up on that notion. There's a safe place you can run. But the only safe place is holy. That's the sanctuary. (laughs) I texted Ricky Moore in the middle of this. He didn't know what was going on. This is absolutely the truth. And I said, you've evicted me from it. I said, here's what the Lord spoke to me this morning. And he writes back to me, Isaiah 8, 12 through 18. I go... Oh my goodness, you'll never believe. He texts in the middle of that. He says, in case you're thinking I'm being prophetic, maybe I am, but it's accidental. It was my devotion for this morning. So we go back and forth. Then the phone rings. He's driving to teach his first class on Friday. He says, I'm supposed to tell you one thing. I said, what's that? He says, Isaiah 8:18." I said, he says, I don't even, I don't know what it means. All I'm supposed to do is tell you this, that the same, watch, that the same phrase used in Isaiah 6, 8, is used in 18. He, he says, here am I. I said, and I was already there. I said, but Isaiah 18 says, behold, he says, I know, but it is it, the tr- English translation, the exact Hebrew word. He said. Here am I. He said, I've got to (laughs) go. Hangs up. I'm praying. Oh, Okay. When Brenda was praying for Brennan, and I'm gonna stop here. This is really bad homiletics, but just hang with me. In Isaiah chapter six, That's the holy, holy passage. Holy, holy. Verses four. Holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of his glory. And it's in the shadow. God says, I need somebody to tell my people this and that. They're not going to listen, but I need you to preach to them. And there Isaiah says in verse eight, he says, here am I, send me. Two chapters later, and now another holy, I don't know the time and space on so the same day, hours, weeks, months, I haven't done that research yet, I haven't had time. In, a, in the second holy passage in Isaiah 8, when he's saying in a holy sanctuary, fear this, run there, one thing or another. Then you get down to verse 18, and I love verse 17, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding. I love how God takes hiding and uses it as a tool of redemption. God says, I'm hiding, waiting to ambush you. Oh, that's Isaiah 40, I think. I love that. Isn't it great to know that God says, if you want to hide, I'll hide too. We'll see who scares the other one the most. And in Isaiah 40, it says, you know, uh, I will, um, uh, oh, oh. But it's, it's the idea of ambushing God or you being ambushed by God. I love that. But in verse 18, remember the actual, and it is, what he said, of course, these scholars he was dead on. The exact word in other translations say it this way. Verse 18, you ready? See, it says, behold. But here it says, here am I. What he said in Isaiah 6, here am I and the children of the Lord. My heart blew up. Why? i had been praying. The first week of August, we're going to start on Sunday night, August the 1st. We're going to have four nights here of back-to-school, old-school, revival for our kids. I don't know how many will come, who will come, I don't care. We're going to have four, t- four nights of one objective, of getting our kids in the room. Come on! Come on! Yeah. Yeah. They are facing those voices more than you and I ever thought. They're going to walk back onto a school campus that tells them that their identity is found in whatever goodness they might define. But this this idea of believing in a God the way you believe in a God is antiquated, outdated and they are going to convince them to kneel along with them just short of the holy more that might ever be there. They're going to convince them to try it in drugs and sex and sexuality and pursuing one thing or another or acceptance or social identity or having the right stuff, clothes, phone, car, whatever, be and we kneel at those altars. And I know the Holy Spirit said, I want you to tear the altars down. I want you to have four nights, and it may go beyond that, I don't know, of back to school, old school. That's all that's going to happen. Not going to be any youth attractional stuff. We're going to bring whatever students there. We're going to bring the best singers, musicians, players, whatever we have. We're going to gather in that lobby. And we're going to pray that our kids knock down the idols that everybody else kneels before. And that our kids are going to go to school, walk right by that and say, I'm not stopping there. I can go right here. Come on. Okay, but what what is those verses happening through? I was screaming out loud by myself. My wife will tell you. When Ricky said, I'm supposed to tell you this verse. It's going to confirm something. I thought, okay. So I go and look. How, whatever time, Julian, space was between Isaiah 6 and 8, again, I don't know. When the first time God says, I need somebody who'll go to the people and tell them about the holy you just saw and what it can be. Isaiah says, Here am I, send me. Two chapters later, God comes back and said, You still haven't finished. you got to tell people. you got to get some people to help you that there's only one place you'll find holy and that's in me, not out there. If you fear what they fear and kneel before where they kneel, you're going to be dominated and that'll dictate what holy is. I need you to do that. I need you to preach that. I need you to declare that, Isaiah. Watch what happens. Isaiah steps up and says, Um, okay, here am I. All I got is the children. Because this generation is dull of eyes and ears, ears and they're not here. But I found a group that wants holy. I got the children, God. Will that work? God said, I've been hiding, waiting for this moment. Yes, sir, Reed. it will work. Beloved, anybody hearing me? Here I am. And the children, I'm in my bedroom spinning around. But there's not a video camera in there. I'm going, woo, woo. Poor kids. For the next four weeks, watch how this falls in line. You're going to hear four young voices here right at the home. And the topic is what my topic was supposed to be today when holy happens. And you're going to hear the hope over the horizon. You're going to hear the anticipation of what's next. We're going to see a revival. Pastor Don on the way here, I had Pastor Don pray for me. I called him, and I don't bug him usually on a Sunday morning, and I said, "Will you pray for me?" And he says, "Father, let Pastor Tom know that you don't hold revivals. You release."
1: Them. <laughs> I love that.
0: I said, "Dude, that may be an old preacher's phrase you've said a thousand times, but I've never heard it before right now. I'm declaring to you, God is doing something here. Let me give you the last little word of rebuke that came from a pastor last night, and, he, and, and I was talking to Pastor John Morgan, and and so i and, and he's catching up, and he's been, he's wanted to know about this because I've been fragmenting some songs and stuff I've been sending him. He's a precious brother. Matter of fact, he's doing a series right now called the Transformed Power of Worship, so we're talking about that. I love it, of course. And he says. He's, and he's laughing at me telling these stories. And I said, uh, I, I, I don't know what to do with this. And he listened to me for a long time. He didn't talk for a long time. 15, 20 minutes. He says, Tom, I need to tell you something. I think God just spoke something to me. For And he's not like this either. He, and I said, I'm, I'm here. He says, you're trying to do something with holy. And he says, I really feel like the spirit of God said, You don't do with holy. Just keep pursuing. He said, it's not what holy you do with holy, but what holy does through you. And I said, I'm looking for kids. I'll tell you what I said in a prayer with hands up. I said, oh, Father, watch what happens. Crap, crap, crap. How can I miss that? I'm three months into it. You could have given me that message on day two. (laughs) Because I'm thinking, I gotta get, I'm writing this stuff down, I'm getting it and doing it. And John, I know, man, this stuff on holy. I know what I can do with that. (laughs) You know the first question Saul becoming Paul asked when God appeared to him, what do you want me to do? You think I would have gotten that? God said, I don't want you to do anything. Go see this guy named Ananias. He's a nobody. And here's what Ananias is going to tell you. Four things. You're going to know things you haven't known. See things you haven't seen. Hear things you haven't heard. And you're going to become a messenger and a witness of the gospel that you can't even imagine. You know that Jesus Christ, whom you persecute and his disciples, you're going to become the biggest voice, for. Right Holy isn't what you do. Holy is what it does to and through you. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.